welcome to Film Fragments, a podcast where we take fragments of an actor, director, and genre and tell you our favorites from their catalog. My name is Brian Suffield. I'm your host, and I'm very excited to welcome you guys to this very different episode of Film Fragments. We're not going to be taking a look at our favorite films from an actor, director, and genre. Instead, we're actually going to be doing a very different topic. We're actually going to be taking a look at our favorite character actors. This was actually a suggestion by today's guest. I'll introduce the guest in just a little bit, but... You know, when they pitched the idea of talking about character actors for me, I was like, you know what? That would actually be really cool because there's a lot of fantastic character actors out there. And compiling this list, and I'm sure the guests can agree with me on this, this was a very, very, very difficult list to put together because there are so many fantastic character actors across the realm of film and even television. So today we're just going to be talking about a few of our favorites. And to joining me today to talk about our favorite character actors is Giovanni Lago. He is a contributor over at Next Best Picture. Giovanni, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm going to have, it's going to be good. I'm very excited. I, I mean, I think, you know, the character actor is very underappreciated. And I think, you know, just the modern character actors that been working within the last, you know, few decades or so that we appreciate I'm, I'm glad we get a moment to spotlight them absolutely i agree with you on that and before we get into talk about our topic i would just love to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about yourself what you do what got you into film and why you love it so much oh um uh so uh as ryan mentioned i am a contributor on next best picture and there i'll be i write you know reviews for films and awards analysis and like predicting the oscars stuff like that um but no my i've only been there for it's been a year officially so i've enjoyed that ride so far um so in terms of like film criticism and everything it's more so um newer to it for my sake Personally, you know, I've always gone to film wanting to be in the more creative side of writing and directing, and, and that's always been the aspiration. That's a dream. I fell in love with film since very young age. I, I remember being five years old, and, you know, it's generic to be like the thing, oh, what got you into wanting to, you know, get into film? Uh, you know, you watch Star Wars. You know, you watch the old trio. I remember going to Blockbuster, getting in on VHS, you know, Dickhead before didn't – uh rewind the tapes we have to rewind them and everything we go watch it and i'm just like this is just i like this is so cool like i, I want to make movies like they you watch a spectacle that you know lucas and kazan and all those creatives put in behind that trilogy and you think this is just some of the coolest shit ever as a kid when you're like five years old you're just like the whole universe like it, the world you see and that you grow accustomed to is not what you're necessarily bounded by in terms of what you can believe in and I think, you know, of course, got was very into film since I was young age. I remember I was in third grade, you know, we had like a gift day and you could like get a treat reward. And my thing was there was like toys and stuff. And I got a Vanity Fair magazine of when they were doing Crystal Skull and it's Harrison Ford <laughs> and Shia LaBeouf on the cover. I still have it. Um, I was just like, oh, that, that rips. Like I also big indie dick writer. I, I dressed as him like five years for Halloween consecutively. <laughs> Um, so that's why I uh, hated Dial Destiny, but you know, and then when I was like, uh, when I was like eight years old, you know, I've been following an Oscar since I was like eight, you know, like I remember the Slumdog Millionaire year watching that, like very detailed. I make popcorn, I you know get my mom to watch it with me every year. Uh, every year when I show her the Best Picture nominees, I always that's always the thing that is special to me. 
So I've always followed that. And of course, like the more machinations of it as you know, you get older when it comes to following precursors like BAFTA, SAG, Globes, all that stuff. And, you know, it, it's one of the highlights of the year. And then, you know, when I got to like 14 or so, I was like the film that made me want to watch more or not watch more films, but like I have to make films was Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. I think that's, you know, just a classic. Like if that's in like my top 10 as a film that you watch and there's just such a energy that, you know, Spike has that mostly most American filmmakers do not. And and there's an impertinence to it. it you know, the fact that it's decades later and we still have to be like, this is a timely film. Like we still can relate to it. It's like, it's fucking shameful, but like, you know, mm-hmm. Spike's artistry is there. And, you know, the performances he gets out of that whole class, you know, a, a cast of Danny Aiello and Rosie Perez, you get Sam Jackson for like a scene and Radio Rahim and John Carlos like, it's just, it stands the test of time. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know why I have to like, be like, yo, st- do the right thing. It's a classic. Like it is like, it's just unequivocally one of the, the best American films ever made. And then I've always, you know, been really into watching older films. My dad, you know, ingrained in me turner classic movies as a kid and you know when you're like eight you're like this is dumb as shit bro i'm watching black and white movies bro like what are we doing here i want to go play with toys and i honestly it's probably like one of the greatest gifts ever given to me so i mean and you know me and brian know each other and we've gone to a bunch of screenings and we talk all the time so like he knows like if you're getting the sense like it comes off as like pretentious time i'll be like oh this movie blah 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 blah. like i i can have fun okay i can rock with like shit like the beekeeper okay you know like i i know how to have fun but i i just think you know being exposed to film like my dad took me to see the aviator when i was four like i've i my 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 they don't they didn't give a shit they literally were just like there's certain things my parents would be like okay this is where we draw the line but I was very exposed to I, I was gifted with parents that knew that their son had the intelligence to discern what was being played in front of him, even if it was probably way too young of an age. And I think that kind of respect towards your child goes a long way. And I think it's a gift that is continued to just keep giving forever. No, absolutely. And it's really incredible how you've had this love of film for such a long period of your life that even as a kid, you got to see the aviator four years old. I would have killed if my parents brought me to movie <laughs> like the aviator when I was a young age. That oh, been so sick and everything. But um, no, that's so exciting how you have this love, this wide array of love for all different kinds of films. And like you said, you may seem like people may look at your taste and be like, Oh, that's a little pretentious, but yeah, you can have fun. You, you enjoyed the beekeeper um I, i'm trying oh to it's bad i just want to preference it's bad have. it's bad like beekeeper is not like in terms of good movie yeah, but it's en- but like yeah, but it's entertaining it's entertaining. yeah yeah it's, it does it's, what it's it supposed to do yeah exactly so. exactly no but you have a eclectic taste in film which is very exciting and that's one of the reasons why i wanted you to come onto the show and you know you brought up how the topic of character actors is a pretty overlooked discussion. Like a lot of people don't really touch upon the character actors as much as they should. What makes you so fascinated with the topic of character actors? And what do you look for in an actor that's deemed as a good character actor? Like what do you look for in an actor that's really classified as a character actor? Ooh, that's that's actually a great question. I, I think... 
to the first part of what attracted me more to like the and it's not even more like i think especially it, it kind of blends into this conversation we've had over the last especially maybe decade or so of just like is there movie stars what happened to the movie star you know and in a way that kind of is true the way we've sh- morphed hollywood and especially with like superhero films and you know like tarantino com- said like people don't go show up to see this person playing they go up to see the fucking x-men like you know and we, we've kind of done that to hollywood to the degree and there's certain actors who can get through that like you see someone like robert downey jr who had a career before and sure iron man bolstered that but like you know first fucking real film he does post grift this guy's gonna win an oscar for oppenheimer and deservingly so but you know it's cool to see people now especially i think uh, these recent crop of like these 30 something act year old actors 20 something year olds you can start seeing this culture change start happening right now like like the the super bowl played last night they played the trailer for twisters and you watch that and you're like glenn powell is just got the fucking juice it's always cool to see someone got the juice when you look at them and you're like they're hot they have charisma they can easily just be a movie star and there's this and so people like chalamet and austin butler and all these dudes who have like kaluuya daniel kaluuya you know it's cool to have the movie star we need the movie star but the character actor is always someone who is like i don't mind being like fifth build in this movie i will be six build i will come in for one scene if you need me to i don't care like five minutes i will not be the one who take he's it's in, like in basketball when you have a great like number three you know it's like when you look at like the knicks right now and you have OG come here and he just got traded and it's great because you have like, he's clearly not the number one of the dude. He's not Jalen Brunson. He's not Julius Randle, but like he comes in here, he puts in the work, he clocks out. He doesn't need all the attention on him. He doesn't need to be the face of it, but he knows what he's signing up for and he knows he's got to deliver. And I think that's what was always so admirable to me about a character actor. Um, and I think what makes a character actor so good is just or the the traits of one is one that is incredibly chameleonic you know that they could just blend into whatever they're willing to not let their ego get in the way of like a, a transformation of any type um they're ones that play well with anyone they have a scene with you know they they play ball they're they're willing to share the ball they don't need all of it on them I think those standards are what makes character actors like the actors in the industry that will constantly always be employed are the ones that like, you know, you see great, uh, even big movie stars, you know, they have bombs. Like they, they make movies. Sometimes a role doesn't work. Sometimes this, and sometimes, you know, some of the best ones, like just go down, like look at John Travolta right now. Like this is a guy whose career has had many ebbs and flows and you're like, Oh, okay. But you're going to see someone like, um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like a Michael Shannon type actor. He's always going to be booked. He's always going to be working on a film. He's always going to be involved somewhere and he's going to get his accolades and recognition. And I think I, there's something that appeals more to my personal sensibilities that like, if I was in that field, that's who I would want to be. I, I don't want to be the number one guy. I don't know if even if I had the talent or the, the attention that I, could be focused on me like that i don't know if i could handle that but like i could definitely be like 
oh, six guy in and like an ensemble piece into something like a spotlight, like a like a Stanley Tucci just comes in, does a scene and just like bounces, you know? I think that's that's what makes it like, okay. They're the people practically that whenever you're watching a movie and they pop up, you're like, oh, fuck, it's that guy, you know? They, they get that like reaction out of you that you're like, hey, good to see you, awesome. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I I always love giving recognition towards character actors because I feel like they really do deserve a lot more time in the spotlight. Uh, the same level of recognition that some of these household names receive and everything. And, you know, you brought up a good point of how a lot of these character actors, you know, every once in a while they'll be headlining the film or a TV show, but a lot of the times they're okay with being number two or number five or number 12 even on the call sheet. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be the top person on the call sheet and everything, and that's fine. They always find a way of working great with whoever it is they're acting in a scene with, which is amazing. And I think some of my favorite actors of the past 10 years really are a lot of these character actors to where I always get excited to see them in any project, regardless of how big or small their screen time is. I always know that they're going to kick ass in whatever role that they pull off. And the five actors that I picked, I mean, I love all of them. I think they're all exceptional talents. Some of them have more leading roles than others, but anytime that these five that I chose were are on screen, it's never a disappointment. It's never like, oh, get them off the screen. I'm tired of seeing them. I love seeing them. And even with the little amount of screen time that they may get, it's some compelling stuff. And you know, we were talking about how difficult it was to put our list together and compile a list of our favorite character actors. So the way this is going to work is that we'll go through our list. We'll talk about ranking this was not easy. So what we could do is we talk about our essentially our two through five in whatever order we want. We'll talk about the actor. We'll talk about why we love them. And then we'll point out what our favorite performance from them is. Because okay. a lot of these character actors have so many great performances, but you got to think to yourself, what is my favorite thing they've acted in? So Fuck. we're going to do that. We'll talk about them, and then we'll end the episode with talking about what we consider to be our favorite character actors. So Giovanni, tell us what your first pick of your five favorite character actors are. Now... When you phrase it like that, it's I literally okay. We're we're just going off the ball right here because I literally wrote down an entire list, and then when you start phrasing it like that, I'm just like you go blank because you just put it be on the spot, you know? You just like <laughs> shit. Um, and it's I just want to be like equally fair because there's some great names here, and so I think you know I gotta represent Puerto Rican culture. I gotta go with Luis Guzman. I think that's the first name I'm going to say. I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that kind of like that vibe of like when you come up on screen, you're like, oh, fuck, it's that guy. Luis Guzman has been working for, I don't, I can't tell you how long. And he's incredibly one of like the funniest, most reliable actors you'll ever see. Um, I think recently, you know, he doesn't really get as much as he should in terms of like, work or not even work is like you still see him pop up but i just think of like solid material i'm trying to remember the last film i really saw him pop up in. i know in tv 
you know, he recently did Poker Face last year in an episode where it was a really delightful one. It was the the Phil Tippett episode that had like Nick Nolte and it, it was delightful. And he's just got this sweet, lovable nature and he's incredibly funny. And I think, you know, to me and, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. I've got family members that very much exude that energy it's the fun uncle that comes in that he's like hey what's up motherfuckers and you know i mean you look through his whole career like what hasn't be he been in like again like dominated in tv he's been in like so many comedies if you want him in video he's he was literally in gta like i, I don't know what else you want uh i'm trying to think of like my favorite do is this where we just start naming roles because like I, I think of so much of tv which is a shame because like, I think of like New York undercover, he popped in like a couple episodes and I remembered those instantly. Uh, but I think it's going to be clear that what we end up boiling down to for this is his work with PTA is always just comes to mind. I mean, when you first see him in boogie nights and PTA is just first off again, like, fuck pta for just being incredibly talented that young and having that in one of the most like complicated uh, orchestrated opening sequences i think i've seen in a film where when i first watched it i was just like how is the the blocking the the, the camera movement the way it's going from out in this parking lot to this building everyone's just on cue every there's like at least like eight characters just being introduced and i'm just like i don't know how anderson and effortlessly just flows in and out of it but you know guzman being um very much involved in that world of pornography and drugs and being that club owner and everyone's coming in and he's talking with you know Cheeto and riley and they're just bantering and you know then when you get introduced to jack and uh, uh burt reynolds character and he comes in the way he's just accommodating you can tell that he really has his fingers and the pulse of like everyone's life in the movie and that he's so like ingrained into it so, like, I mean, if that's going to be it for me, uh, I mean, he's great in Punch Drunk Love for what bit he is in it, as well as uh, I'm pretty sure he's in Magnolia. Too. It's been so long since I've seen mm-hmm. Magnolia. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's he's great. Of course, like, there's, you know, when, when it comes to, like, Magnolia, there's another character actor in it that is very much, like, the, the guy, which, you know, so he probably doesn't get as much attention. Um, I'm just trying to think of other films off the top of my head. Like it, it's so much like how much he's relegated to like small roles, but like, I mean, anger management he's in, he pops up in, uh, off the top of my, you, if anyone remembers the Channing Tatum, like boxing movie fighting with like him and Terrence Howard, like, I'm just going to reference that. That's the thing about me. I'm going to reference either like really bad movies that like these actors have been in or just, you know, stuff they are just barely in that i'm like i remember him like i remember him in, in taking a pelham one two three the remake with john travolta and denzel washington that is like very much not a good film um but i think guzman just has that ability that it could be the worst dog shit movie you see and at least you're gonna be like you know what at least he was in it and he was good and he at least entertained me and it made me laugh 100 you are not watching like something without Luz guzman and you're not gonna crack a smile like i'm sorry no, that's a very solid pick. That's a really good pick. I always enjoy seeing him on screen, regardless of how big or small his time on screen is. And he is someone that can always really put a smile on your face, like you said. He is so ridiculously funny. 
he is insanely funny and i wish that he would get more leading roles in film and television mm-hmm. and hopefully maybe down the road maybe that will happen but for the time being of where we just get him as a nice supporting player it's always a win to see him in anything and you know transition into my first pick of this episode um this actor didn't really hit the spotlight until very recently like within probably the last decade his career really took off and everything he's done a few leading roles not as many as i would like but he's not the actor that's like always like fifth or seventh a lot of the times he's been in the top five build of his respected projects uh so i'm gonna go with brian tyree henry as my first pick Ooh, that's a great pick I am a huge, huge fan of Brian Tyree Henry. I admittedly haven't seen everything that he's done. It is pretty sacrilegious of me, a Gambino fan, to admit that I have not finished Atlanta. It's so sad that I have not. I know. He has an episode in that final season that it's like him on a farm. And mm-hmm. he is just outstanding. Although, since you've seen most of it, I think like nothing. I've only seen season one. It. Actually, I've only seen season one. Oh, so you didn't even see the season he got nominated an Emmy for? Because in season no. two, he has this episode, and he's in the forest, and it's just like it's the Brian Tyree Henry show, and it's just Ugh. it's all about him, and he is just outstanding, like unreal. So I, I'm now very curious, like what are the the roles that you've seen of brian tyree henry that i'm assuming film fragments is a film podcast you know (laughs) that's um what are the movies that like really shouted out to you like this dude has just such a magnetic talent because i think it's clear that when you see it and now we could call him academy award nominee Mm -hmm. uh, brian tyree Mm -hmm. henry so like when you watch what what are the films that you've seen that like truly grasp you with him well, I mean, definitely his Oscar nomination for Causeway was really Great. just blew me blew me away. I wasn't super high on the film. I thought it was a solid film. I thought it was really good, but his performance was amazing. I was really mm-hmm. blown away by how subtle and how much subtlety and nuance there was in that performance. And I really loved his chemistry with Jennifer Lawrence. I thought they worked off mm-hmm. each other very beautifully. Um I thought he was very terrifying in Widows. I think he's oh, insanely he's so good, good in that. So um, good. A very underrated performance that people don't talk about because a lot of people that walk movie away as from a that whole film talk about. I, I know. I know. It's people unreal. walk away talk about Viola and Daniel, but Brian is very terrifying awesome. in that film. He's like so fucking good. Oh, I mean, he's definitely not well, I mean to an extent, like Daniel Kalua is like in your face terrifying, but Brian Tyree Henry, he's like he like hides it and then he just like mm-hmm. it's like akin to like joe pesci in the irishman where he doesn't really show how scary mm-hmm. he is but like you just know that like you yeah. don't want to mess with this guy um so that's that's another one um i love this little time on screen and if bill street could talk i that hope that he was gets to work it. with barry jenkins again i would love for them to mm-hmm. collaborate together again and yes, i did not good. and and I did not really care for Bullet Train, but I thought he was one of the best elements of that movie. He's it's him and Aaron Taylor Johnson's whole duo ship is the best part yeah, of the movie. It does exactly. not really work as well without them too. Absolutely, absolutely. And the thing that I just love about Brian Tyree Henry is that 
like similar to a lot of these character actors, Brian Tyree Henry doesn't stick to just one specific kind of role. He does. Mm-hmm. He's done like everything, and it animation, still, like, a, animation. He's comedy, still fairly uh, yeah. A, a comic book movie. He did the Eternals, which I I really liked him in Oof. that as well. I thought that was a solid addition. The movie yeah. itself, that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> but I like I liked him in the movie. I thought he was a good addition to that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I just think that for an actor so young in his career he's proven himself to be a really gifted performer to where anytime he's on screen he always knocks it out of the park like i just talked about how bullet train i didn't really find that movie to be all that great but he was great in it he was hilarious that whole little fight between him and brad pitt the when they're in the quiet car and he slams the laptop down in his hand and then Brian Tyree Henry just lets out the loudest scream, but just holding it back because he's in the quiet car. That's hysterical. Like, there's things that Brian Tyree Henry does with his face in that movie that may not necessarily be funny, but it's because of how he performs it. It actually is really funny. And mm-hmm. yeah, I love Brian Tyree Henry. And when I was looking at a lot of lists of the best character actors working today, he was on a lot of those lists, like a lot of those lists, and, and he's still so. relatively young too. So like, yeah, he's, he's got a long career ahead of him. He he really does, and it's really incredible to see the eclectic array of work that he's put out. And I'm so excited to see what he does next. And hopefully, one day we'll go from calling him Oscar nominee Brian Tyree Henry to Oscar winner Brian Tyree Henry. I feel like there's an Oscar for him in the future, a little further down the road, but I could see that happened because that nomination definitely caught me off guard i wasn't expecting that to even happen and when mm-hmm. that did happen that was one of my favorite nominations of last, last year's oscar years ceremony of, yeah yeah i agree it was it was a yeah. delightful surprise yeah brian tyree henry is a huge huge favorite of mine so now your second pick what do you got <sighs> you know fuck you know what I, I regret bringing this decision of, of this topic up because this is <laughs> arbitrarily such a like difficult thing to do. I think the next name I'm going to do is just one of those like ultimate dad picks like incredible. Hell yeah. It's that guy. Um, I'm going to pitch Shea Wiggum. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think there you go. Yeah, I I think shay wiggum my first like thought of it again you know mentioned a dad who shows me movies way too young i remember watching bad lieutenant you know of <laughs> port of call new orleans the herzog film and uh way too young watching that movie and you know just seeing uh briefly in it uh shay wiggum and i'm like Oh, this dude's cool. And I think also just like, you know, other stuff he pops up in like the Lincoln lawyer and like silver linings playbook and fast and furious. But I, it, it was mainly the, the real spot is like, again, I, I mentioned a lot of dudes for a film podcast that like have such TV background, but I feel like a lot of these actors have that in common. Um, I remember watching boardwalk empire. I think that was, the first like solidly cemented moment as a kid i'm like oh this dude like i watch it that role of him playing uh buscemi's brother uh eli thompson is so ingrained in me my dad that every time he pops up in something my dad will always go oh it's eli like he just knows him as eli um 
And I think the the, the strength of Shea Wiggum is there's like this doofy nature about him and not that like anything about him is like a joke or anything but i think he has this very like kind of raspy voice he always looks like he is just sweaty and just like he just woke up for bed or just you like you like you know when you say like dude you look like shit like he has that ability to just look like such a real person you know so many times you see people in film and they're like oh they're just they look so good and they're gorgeous like sometimes you know we lose that sense of like they don't look like a real authentic individual and very much so with shea wiggum like uh, that dude looks like something that will like pop up in real life like you'd run into like him in a bus stop or something be like oh my bad sorry uh and he's got like such a weird dynamic of where he can be unintentionally funny like you, you watch mission impossible ghost protocol last year um he's just a delight in that movie he he's probably worked with so many people i i mentioned boardwalk because i think that show and i think in general martin scorsese is going to be a common throw line with a bunch of people that i name in this list that he's or maybe even some of the names you mentioned i know one person that you're going to mention that He's very much worked with as well, especially through Boardwalk Empire. And I think Shea Wiggum is just so great to see. And, you know, like Wolf of Wall Street and Cop Car. And I'm trying to just think off it. And then he'll do like the big budget movies like Kong Skull Island or like Mission Impossible that I I mentioned. Um, He does everything. Uh, And he's always either that like uh, dick bag that is always trying to get in the way of the main protagonist. And he's just like yeah you know what i got a lot of respect for you hunt you know like he just he, <laughs> he's got that persona of just like a, he comes off as a nuisance but like a good nuisance nothing ever to the point of where it's like get this dude off screen i hate his ass like he makes you want to like not rude for him but you're like i rock with this guy and i think that's just the strength of a shea wiggum and i really appreciate him so whenever he pops up i i love to see him need him in mission impossible whatever they call the the part two of dead reckoning yeah that's i feel like when you're making a list of character actors you you cannot exclude him from the list he's always great to Mm -hmm. watch um like you know you brought up how last year he did mission impossible and everything obviously he was a great addition to that but this movie the other movie that he did last year Eileen, not a fan of the movie, but I didn't even no, know he was in the it. movie until I sat down exactly. and I watched it. And same. I'm like, of course, I had the exact same reaction. And then who does he play? A fucking cop. Because that's what he's always gonna play. Drunk he's always cop. gonna play yeah. a drunk dad <laughs> cop. That's what he's gonna that's what he is. Um no, I yeah. love Shay Wiggum. I always love seeing him in everything. I feel like the only time I've ever watched him in any movie or show where he didn't play a cop or some law enforcement guy was when he played Bradley Cooper's brother in Silver Lines Playbook. That that might be really the mm-hmm. only time yeah. I've ever seen him in anything where he wasn't like a law enforcement guy. He was just a regular guy. I, I love him. That's a great mm-hmm. pick. Um, I can't say what my favorite performance from him is because there's just so many to choose from. But every time he's on screen, always love to see him. He's always a blast to watch on screen. And, you know, you subtly brought up boardwalk empire so i'm also Mm -hmm. gonna go with an actor from boardwalk empire this was originally like number like two on my list simply because of one performance and i'll talk about this performance 
probably for a majority of when I talk about this guy. But my next pick is Michael Stuhlbarg. Oh, oh, man. You know, there's so much to be said about this guy. Really unreal talent. There's so much to be said about this guy. It's insane. So I didn't come across Michael Stuhlbarg until 2017 when a certain film came out. Oh, wow. And we'll talk about that film very, very shortly. But uh, Michael Stuhlbarg, um, someone that unfortunately hasn't done a lot of leading roles. And he's done film, television, Mm -hmm. stage. He's done it all. Uh, his most prominent leading role is in A Serious Man, which is which I think is one of the Coen Brothers' most underrated films. Should have got an Oscar nomination for that. I Should was have gotten an Oscar. No- I I agree. Should have gotten an Oscar nomination. I believe he was nominated for a Golden Globe for that film. So the Golden Globes did right so by nominating cool. him for that. Um, I remember when I first saw that poster, I thought it was Joaquin Phoenix on the poster because the picture <laughs> kind of made him look like Joaquin a little bit, but. Um, no, that movie is hysterical. It's very, very good, and Michael Subark is amazing in it. Chef's Kiss. But then throughout the years, he's had smaller roles in Lincoln, Steve Jobs. I lied. Steve Jobs was the first thing that I saw him in. So 2015 was when I first like took notice of him. Um, <clears throat> uh, he was in Trumbo. He was in Hitchcock, Hugo, mm-hmm. Men in Black 3, where he played the uh, comic sidekick. Which, I mean, that was a very fun performance for him. Uh, Blue Jasmine, where he played the creepy dentist that was hidden oh, on yeah. Cape Blanchett. Um, Arrival, he was in. But 2017, mm-hmm. I would say, was definitely big the year. big year for Michael Stuhlbarg. Because, one, he did a few things on the television side, where he was in Fargo Season 3. And Fargo is such a critically beloved show. Um but then he did three movies, all of which were nominated for Best Picture, including one of them, which took home the prize for Best Picture. And those films were The Post, Call Me By Your Name, and The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. But Call Me By Your Name was where I yeah. immediately said to myself, I need to follow this guy's career, and I will be happily following everything he does till his final days as an mm-hmm. actor. Call Me By Your Name is one of my all-time favorite films. It's a very special film to me. It's a very important film for me. And I remember hearing about how he gave a monologue towards the end of the film that's really going to be like the scene of the movie. And when I walked out of that movie, what I thought about I thought of so many different things. I was speechless. I was crying in my seat. I was just so devastated by the movie. But one of the first things I thought of was that monologue at the end of the movie. Throughout the movie, Michael Stuhlbarg's um, performance as Mr. Perlman is so wonderful. It's a very typical father figure. And then he just gives this monologue at the end of the movie that everybody, even the people who don't like Call Me By Your Name, recognize as a truly phenomenal scene that, honestly, we're in a time where we give Oscar nominations to people that give these incredible monologues and everything. Michael Stuhlbarg, quite frankly, I I wouldn't have awarded him the Oscar, but he should have been nominated for that monologue i agree that monologue is one of the best of 
the past 10 years and it honestly may be one of the best monologues ever put on film and maybe i just haven't seen everything but um that was one of the most beautiful scenes that i've ever seen it broke my heart and made me feel so many different things and just like his acting was just so natural and authentic and to me that solidified that performance as one of my favorite on-screen dads ever and then re-watching that movie multiple times I just had so much more of an appreciation for Michael Stuhlbarg that since then, anytime I see him on screen, I get very, very excited. I love whenever he pops up in movies and TV shows. And I also love that he's a guy that could play someone that is so humble and so down to earth, but then he could play a scumbag just like that. Uh, he did the show a few years ago with Brian Cranston called Your Honor, which was it was uh, fine. It was it was I, okay. not good. Yeah. That but, ending was rough. But but I will say that I really liked him in that role. I thought he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, this is a very different role for him, out of left field role for him. But I love mm-hmm. Michael Stubark. He's so wonderful. I think that anytime he's on screen, he kicks so much ass. And really, his work at Call Him By Your Name is just so extraordinary. And I will say that even though he was only in this movie for five minutes, his work in Bones and All gave me chills. That was so a very good. haunting he, performance. The whole time, yeah, he's amazing and it just so creepy. You know, you mentioned Blue Jasmine, he's creepy. In Bones and All, he's a fucking nightmare and he's got this ugly rat tail and he kind of looks like Tarantino, weirdly. And he's just got like this weird laugh and he just exudes such a terror. Like the complete, he's this tangible vision of what would happen to lee and marin um the chalamet and the russell's characters if they fully you know became unhinged and let themselves get to that side of their desire of cannibalism you know and how they keep themselves grounded and i remember he's it's just a one scene hitter i think that's also a great thing of a great character actor you come in for one scene you step up to the plate you knock it out of the park and then you just go back in the rotation and Stuhlbarg easily does that. And it's funny, again, I'm mentioning Boardwalk Empire again because, you know, Wiggum was in that show. So uh, even bigger prominent part was uh, Stuhlbarg who played Arnold Rothstein and that was because he's only been acting since 98. So he hasn't been as acting as long as you would think. And I remember that show was what really started getting him roles after and, and watching that and of course you know him doing other movies uh bigger movies and then you know 2017 because uh, I, I he's great in the shape of waterford he is and he's like a, a russian spy if i remember correctly and just seeing where his characters are go and I, I adore a serious man i think it's this very specific comedy that you know of course the the, the cohen brothers only they could pull off and I think he just nails every scene. And that's to me, he would be like a two-time Oscar-dominated actor already. I think he's mm-hmm. incredibly underrated. I, I I need him in more things. Whenever he comes up, that's the type of dude that like when you want to stack an ensemble, you put Michael Stuhlbarg in. I'm so glad you said that name because it. I I'm trying to avoid saying the same names since we don't know each other's list off rip. So mm-hmm. Stuhlbarg just getting shouted out for a bit. I I think is is great. Yeah, and I mean, what are, what is your take on his Call Him By Your Name performance? Because, I mean, I'm sure there's nothing you can add to the conversation I, that's been said these last no, few years. No, I, I, 
he would have been in the lineup for me. Like I, I would have taken out Woody Harrelson. I would have put Stuhlbarg in. Yeah. Like I, I thought that like that, that monologue is the heart of the movie. I think and it's just a scene that is like, so there's, you talk about a great actor is when you're able to be in clippable YouTube scenes where like, you're just bored as shit as work and you have to kill time. And you're just on YouTube watching like clips of movies. That's like the type of like performance you watch. It's like that. Or like a, you know, unfortunately, I he won't be on our list because you know, it's he's no longer with us. But you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's another one of those types of actors that like, yeah, you could just watch the the fucking Charlie Wilson's War clip of him being like, "I spent four years learning Finnish. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck that's gonna help with in Virginia." You know, mm-hmm. like the, the Stuhlbarg is like, I wouldn't say on that level of talent. I think you know Hoffman was just one of a kind talent uh but like yeah. stuhlbarg is just one of those guys that like i can watch like I, i'll be like oh i'm gonna watch this clip from call me by your name i'm gonna watch that clip. right and then i'll just start watching other stuff and then like you end up like sooner or later you end up three seasons deep in, in a fucking boardwalk empire rewatch and you're like ah oh, shit yeah no he's 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 great he's great he's so good he's so good so now our third picks what do you have for your third pick Uh, I'm gonna. Well, you know what? I'm gonna switch it up. I'm doing a switch up live on the Film Fragments pod, and I think personally, I don't know if I would genuinely have in my five, but I think this is a cool moment to acknowledge this actor and talk about his career for a little bit. Uh, Jaman Hansu. Okay. I think okay. is an incredibly underrated uh talent um it's kind of baffling what has happened to his career especially you know talk about like we we mentioned earlier you know character actors usually constantly get work because they're always a guy willing to be whatever on the call sheet and while he kind of consistently does work it feels like you never see him and it's kind of a shame because this dude's a two-time oscar nominee and this dude should be a way bigger deal and i don't think he just ever gets the opportunity to really showcase what kind of a talent he is. And instead he's been doing a lot of just generic action schlock because if we're talking about physicality, Jaman Ansu is built like a fucking statue. Like that dude is immaculate. He's yoked out of his mind. He's got that uh, very intense stare and look that he can nail down. Um, But he's very sweet. And he can nail down the more emotional roles. Like recently, a surprisingly not bad movie of last year, a Gran Turismo. He's the dad figure in the movie. And he's actually really solid in it. And, you know, recently he's going to be in the new, um, what's it called? Uh, Quiet Place. You know, mm-hmm. they just announced a new Quiet Place or trailer and he's in it. So, and as much as I like hated the trailer, him popping up at the end, I'm at least like, you know, at least I'm going to get to see Jamon Hansu. Uh, I saw multiple bad movies he was in last year, like Shazam is a terrible Ugh. movie, the new one. And uh, he's enjoyable in it, you know, like it, it, there's only there's even like there's a degree of like what an actor can do when like your script is totally that shit, let alone right. something like Rebel Moon, where he's just constantly referenced as the general that's right um, yeah but like you know what like d- despite how bad that movie is like 
why are people like Zack Snyder and all that? Like, why are these the people that are going out of their limb to hire Jamon Hansu? Like, this dude was in Blood Diamond, which is going to be, like, the go-to pick if we're, if I'm considering, like, the, the movie. Like, he's amazing in it. Like, he's holding, like, toe-to-toe. You know, as great as DiCaprio is as an actor, there are definitely films where other co-stars are holding their own against them. And sure, this is, like, 06 dicaprio where post aviator and post titanic he's trying to get that switch into like oh i'm a serious like i'm this legit talent i'm like the guy and you know 06 was such a big year for that with the departed and blood diamond but like in blood diamond it's a two-man act like it does not work well without hansu and, and maybe some of the aspects of that movie don't necessarily age as well but, like, the movie fucking rips. Like, it's this great action drama. You got DiCaprio doing a funny South African accent. Jamon Hansu has got this incredibly heart-wrenching story of, like, him trying to, like, save his son. And, like, this whole story about, like, you know, the whole situation in Africa with these blood diamonds. And, like, it, it's great work. It's great work. And then you just look at, like, his IMDb. Like, it's just shit like Captain Marvel and Guardians and Shazam and king arthur like the guy ritchie one and, and you or furious seven for like one scene and it's just like w- what are we doing like this is a dude who is an amistad you know which is such a great film and, and uh, gladiator like the fact also he's not returning for gladiator 2 might be the only thing that upsets me about the new film and you know how excited <laughs> i am for it yeah um like wh- why not like why isn't he coming back like you know this is i wish he was in more things i think he's such an incredible talent with such a charming voice that is like you he has such a smooth and rich and like also very like i'm trying to find the right word to say just the way it it snaps you into locking in like you hear his voice and you're like okay that like this is a guy very commanding presence um so it's a shame that i think you know jaman hansu has not really gotten the career deserved. And maybe that's just a larger commentary on just how we treat black character actors in Hollywood. I mean, look at someone like uh, uh, Bakhtar Abdi from Captain Phillips, who he gets an Oscar nomination. He's going toe-to-toe against uh, Tom Hanks. He gets he gets nominated. And then, like, what since then? Like, the only thing I see him in is besides, like, one little snippet of a... Uh, Blade Runner 2049, it's like, if it's not a Safdie's project, like The Curse or, you know, Good Time, I don't see him in anything. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of unfair that we diminish these talents and push them to the side, and it's incredibly shameful, and I just absolutely. wish, you know, these actors really got the spotlight they deserve. No, absolutely. I agree with you on that regard, and you know, Jaime Hansu, he he's fantastic. He's a great actor, and it is unfortunate that when we cast him in a lot of these studio projects, they're like the shitty studio projects and not the good ones. When he was in A Quiet Place Part 2, it was kind of refreshing to see him in an actual good studio film. Um, And even though I'm not really... Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about this Quiet Place Day 1 movie, although it's from the guy who made Pig, and I I, I really liked Pig a lot. So my interest yeah. in this Quiet Place movie is, it's, you know, I, I'm hoping it's not bad. I'm hoping it's decent at best. We'll have to see how it pans out. But yeah, Jaiman's very underrated and it's unfortunate because 
anytime he's on screen, he's very commanding, and he's a delight to watch, and it is nice to see him in some of these blockbusters where he's having a bit of fun. Like, his introduction in Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, is one of the funniest moments it's in the fun. entire MCU. It's fun. Yeah. It's great, but, you know, I would like for him to do other stuff. I, I hope that he comes yes. back to doing, like, Oscar Cowper material, and... So my next actor that I'm going to go with is actually someone who just got nominated for an Oscar very recently. I don't even know if people would consider him a character actor, but when I kept up looking up lists, he kept popping up. So I'm just going to include him here. I'm going to go with Coma Domingo as my next pick. Uh, recent Oscar okay, nominee. Okay, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. I, Coma Domingo is an amazing actor. He's great. There's some sense of comfort anytime he's on screen, like in anything that he's in, even if he plays a character that's downright despicable, he's always a great presence to watch on screen. And Mm -hmm. every time he's in anything, he's always like a father figure or some mentor of sorts. Like you look at, I mean, we just talked about if Beale Street could talk, he's the father in that movie and he's awesome in that movie. Um, you talk about him in what he does with Euphoria. Euphoria, you could say all you want about that show. How Emmy good winning. it is, how bad Emmy it is, winning. whatever. Emmy winning performance. He is easily mm-hmm. my favorite thing about Euphoria right now. That Christmas episode, the one that's just Rue and him at the diner, that was absolutely Phenomenal. amazing. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, if you watch that separate from Euphoria and then you watch the show itself, you would not even think in a million years that that's a part of the same show. You would not think it's the same mm-hmm. thing at all because it's so drastically different. It's literally a showcase for those two actors and him and uh, Zendaya and it's incredible stuff. Um, and then you look at what he does in some of the fucked up roles that he does. Like, I did not care for the Candyman reboot, remake, sequel, whatever it's it was. really bad, yeah. But but mm-hmm. he was great in it. He was great. Yeah. Um Zola yeah. did not care for that one either, but he 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 was very unhinged in that movie, and that was a very fun performance. So fucking from him. fine. Yeah. Um and and now he's at a stage in his career where he just received his very first Oscar nomination. And even though mm-hmm. Rustin, you can make the case that it's not that great of a movie and everything, and it's not, there's flaws with it. But there's no denying that he is very good in the film. And it is a very deserving nomination, considering the fact that he's an actor that really got his flowers a lot later in his career. And now he's at the point where everybody really respects him. And I think it's one of those nominations where it may not be a great performance that's being recognized. But the fact that it's him being recognized makes it all the more exciting. And I... I'm so fascinated to see the trajectory of his career. I know that he's doing a couple of projects right now, but I have to say that my favorite performance from him is a film that hasn't even come out yet. Okay. And that's Sing Sing. I went, I went to TIFF. I saw Sing Sing. I can flex. <laughs> Listen, I usually am not someone that is able to flex, so this is my this is one of no, those few go moments ahead. where I can shine. Do it. Um, this is literally the Coma Domingo show from start to finish. And it's funny because I saw Saint Saint literally 24 hours after I saw Rustin. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, Rustin wasn't that great. I need Coma Domingo's other film to be a winner. And it was, and you know, I'm glad that it's in the hands of a 24, a 24 picked it up. I'm a little scared though, that they're going to do 
with this movie, what they did with the Iron Claw, where it gets no love from the awards, I'm terrified because this is definitely a performance that when you do see the movie, you'll say to yourself, this is definitely like the Coma Domingo performance that deserves Oscar nominations and award buzz and everything. It's such a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's hard to articulate my thoughts on it properly without swelling up just because it was such a beautiful performance. But I think Coma Domingo really mm-hmm. is an extraordinary actor. And I'm really glad that now he's getting all this notoriety and acclaim and accolades and everything. Again, would I have nominated him for Rustin? No, he wouldn't have been in my personal five. But I'm not angry that he cracked the five because it was a very good I'm happy performance. You got and, him. And, and he's a great yeah. actor. He's great. And also, shout mm-hmm. out to his work in uh, My Rainey's Black Bomb as well. He's great in that movie, too. Mm-hmm. So, Coma Domingo, um, what are your thoughts on Coma yeah. Domingo? I I mean, what else is there to say about Colin Domingo? I mean, you know, we talked about, like, he's done everything. He's done stage, like, theater. He's made his own one-man shows. He's done so much television. Um, I remember, you know, you mentioned Euphoria. There's the episode of season two where the moment I knew, like, oh, this dude's winning the, uh, the Emmy is uh, Zendaya says something to him. Like, the, some of the most atro- uh, atrocious shit you can say to someone who... Because in the show, he plays Ali, he's like her sponsor, and he's said some very personal stuff, and the way she throws it back on him, and like the look at his face of just sickening, like sadness and disappointment, and like also horror, it's just, I was just like, oh, Emmy, like that's just a like guest actor Emmy award right there, and he he won, and like deservingly so, he's amazing. Um, I'm trying to, like there's so many movies, like again, this is a guy who's worked with everyone, and everything and then really is only as of lately been getting his flowers within the last five years or so i remember watching miracle at saint anna um which is that spikely war movie and it's not good but he's he's good in it and you know he's done stuff like lincoln and selma and you know uh zola is such a a great performance that it, it really um let him have his time to just be like this evil and fun and zany character with that exaggerated Jamaican accent. I, I, you know, we mentioned Brian Tyree Henry and Beale street. Um, Colin Domingo is also phenomenal in Beale street as like the father Mm -hmm. and every scene he has with Regina King is just so sweet and loving and caring. And there's a a gentleness to him. And you know what? Uh, Since Mr. Uh, He went to Tiff, he flexed. uh, So I got to throw my own. Um, I've met Coleman Domingo. He's an incredibly, like, everything we've said about, like, his character, this sweet, generous um, presence and the way he's willing to share his roles and himself as an actor with his fellow collaborators. You get that very sense when you meet him in person. He's just incredibly nice and very approachable. And I'm so happy for the success that success he's gotten. And um, you know, I, I mean, I, I personally didn't really like Rustin. I think it follows a very like generic biopic route that I kind of grown bored of. And I think mm-hmm. it doesn't really do service to, um, you know, um, uh, an icon such as Bayard Rustin himself. But I think Coleman Domingo's performance in that movie is so unreal and does like the amount of backbreaking caring he does and the way he really gives it his all in that performance i'm I'm very happy he got recognized and i'm very excited to see sing sing this upcoming year and you know like we mentioned like 
He's directing a movie about Nat King Cole, which you also yes. star in. He's playing Joe Jackson and the the Michael Jackson biopic, which I don't know how that will be. But like, I mean, I personally also didn't really dig the color purple, but at least like Domingo, like just he's he, got the he, juice. He's he got was that he was great in the color purple. He was great in the color purple. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I I'm big Coleman Domingo guy. So like I have I have, will watch him in anything. Absolutely. So now our second to last pick. This is going to be very mm-hmm. interesting to hear what you have. So what is your next pick? I'm, you know, this is to many their number one pick. I think he's like king of the weirdos. He's willing to do anything. Could be the shittiest movie. It could be superhero movies. It could be very grounded indie dramas. It could be like super art house films. It could be big budget studio films. He doesn't care because you know what? He will collect a bag and he will play like fifth fiddle and he's great. And I'm talking about the one, the only, the legendary Willem Dafoe. I I have to mention Dafoe. Um, like this is a guy who will be like, yeah, I can pop up in like two scenes in John Wick. Uh, do you want me to do Paul Schrader's uh, The Card Counter and just be like, this incredibly kind of hamish embodiment of just um american military system and how they like take these soldiers for granted and torture them and just the prison system and stuff we do overseas that is just absolutely fucking heinous uh do you want him to be the green goblin and like yeah sure spider-man no way home is just a fucking nostalgia fest of a movie but at least like he's being like way better than he needs to be or should be like he is just like like Willem Dafoe didn't need to go hard in that movie and he he, he did like he's the dude that like you watch Aquaman you're like this shit sucks and you're like oh Dafoe's here uh you want some Gonzo performances just look at anything he does with Eggers like the lighthouse is just fucking all timer do you want him to be in the Northmen and him and Ethan Hawke are just barking around and just like farting and doing fucking witchcraft um I I can't tell you like what else like you can't name a single movie he's in that you're like not happy that he's in at all um i literally recently me and my friend derek we watched um new it's the abel ferrara movie where it's him walking and asia argento and they're literally like stealing like ideas like they're like the dudes from like inception where they do like uh espionage for uh ideas and stuff i'm forgetting the term because i am just the most unarticulate human ever it's called new rose hotel it's not even that great of a movie like if you're gonna go with like an abel ferrara pick like especially with walking you're gonna go with something more like king of new york but like defoe's so good in it and him and argento are like such a good pairing and she's actually surprising really well and you know it's very much about him falling in love with someone he's trying to use to steal things and falling in love in a very transactional business world um, I dig it. You know, I think a performance that you and I will probably both talk about, especially when you give your thoughts on Defoe, is something like The Florida Project, which is such an incredibly tender and, like, very broken down performance of something you think of when you think of Willem Defoe. Like, you don't really think of something that grounded in terms of actor. He's just got this big persona, that big presence. Um, he's a very expressionist actor like the way he uses his eyes and he gets them wide open and bulging and his mouth and he has this very like he can be able to exude such a like 
dark and heinous energy with like his like laughs and cackles and like everything he does like he puts 110 percent into it even if he doesn't have to like this is a dude who will be amazing in the aviator and then like be like you know what i will also be great in um that really terrible movie starring uh uh, the last thing you wanted, which was like this D Reeves movie. I don't know if you saw it. Was a follow up to Mudbound, which, by the way, she should not be in director's jail for it. He's horrendous, or like not the movie's horrendous. He's like entertaining, despite how like offensively written his character is, you know. And then there's also a guy who was like, "Oh, French Dispatch, yeah, I'll come in and I'll do my shtick with Wes Anderson. I'll be in for like two scenes and I'll, I'll knock out uh, uh, Ralph Fiennes, and, and he's great. Like you, you can't name a single film." where he just doesn't deliver, even if it's the worst film ever. Like, Defoe is that guy. So, like, I want to hear what your thoughts are on and what movie you would pick, because at the moment, I'm struggling to even think of, like, what would be my, like, go-to Defoe film. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to really add onto the conversation about Willem Defoe. He really is one of the great actors that we have working today, not just character actors, one of the greats working today, period. Every time he's on screen, he knocks it out of the park. He's a guy that literally has done everything, which impresses me so much. He's a guy that could be really terrifying. He's a guy that could really be depressing. He's a guy that could be hilarious. He's a guy that has it all. He's literally a jack of all trades. He could tackle all these different emotions so beautifully, work with so many incredible filmmakers and so many talented actors. I love Willem Dafoe. I'm a big fan of him. I was really bummed that he didn't get an Oscar nomination for Poor Things recently. I, I really thought that that was going to happen. Um, he was like, you watch The Lighthouse, and he is so terrifying in that movie. Mm-hmm. But then you watch Poor Things, and yeah, he may be scary on the surface, but then you talk to the guy, and he just seems like the most heartfelt person. He's literally the heart of that movie. Um mm-hmm. Godwin Baxter was literally the heart of poor things. Um, My favorite Willem Dafoe performance is probably the Florida Project, just because it was something so different from him. Because at that point in his career, we were seeing all these really unhinged, crazy, wild performances from him. And while he is great in those, it was refreshing to see him put that aside and play someone that was earnest and laid back and tender and kind and sweet. And a father figure to this struggling woman who's taking care of her daughter, taking care, in air quotes, of her daughter all by herself. I love that movie so fucking much. And it's so funny because I was thinking back about this recently. And obviously we talk about the Oscars and like what we would award, what we would nominate, what have you. If I remember correctly, of the nominees that year... I think he might have been my favorite of the five that got nominated for an Oscar that year in that lineup. I have to really sit down and think about it. I think, yeah, I think he might have been my favorite. I, I have to refresh my memory because I will, I will literally was, do that for you because it was, it was him, guy who's been Harrelson, multiple times. Richard Jenkins, Sam Rockwell, who won it, and Christopher Plummer. Yeah, it would Defoe would have been my pick of the five if I had to go off that five. Defoe would have been my pick, hands down. Yeah, a huge fan of him. A yeah. Fantastic actor. One of the best. And you know what? You said that Spider-Man No Way Home is a, is a nostalgic fest. It is a nostalgic fest. But the fact that he committed to coming back and he was like, I want to do my it. own stunts. He brought it. 
that, yeah. that that apartment yeah. sequence when he goes back to becoming so cool. the Green Goblin, incredible. Absolutely incredible. It's like he the guy's in his fucking sixties and doing stunts that people my age are terrified to do. Like that's that's mm-hmm. amazing to me. Yeah, I know. And just his delivery mm-hmm. of certain lines in that movie are just impeccable. And now we could say that he's one of the best MCU villains of all time. So, you know, some good came out of that. So, yeah, Willem Dafoe is a great pick. I, it's a great, great pick. I, st- I still don't know what I would pick as an act. Like, you know, I'm okay. If I'm going for, like, the when I think of Willem Dafoe, the performance I go to, it's like The Last Temptation of Christ, you know? Just like, oh, my God. That's, in that movie. Yeah, he, he is incredible in that. He needs to work and, with Scorsese and again. And also please let's he plays jesus again let's make it happen <laughs> he plays jesus again let's run it back he can um, play jesus and then again. like you gotta why not and then you know you gotta i gotta shout out to live and die in la um especially you know r.i.p william freakin mm. uh defoe isn't like the main focus now but he he rips he's so fucking cool and like also for what he is in platoon like those are also mississippi burning mississippi burning is a very underrated performance from him another one or and like the uh, overabundant amount of like how drippy he is in like the life aquatic like Mm. fit it up shorts and you and the beanie and and the jacket you can't you can't forget about him as gil and finding nemo as like the mentor to nemo you can't forget yeah, about that. That's you even for like, yeah. Like I don't. It's someone who's not even like the biggest Finding Nemo fan. Hot take. Like <laughs> you always forget. Like oh yeah, that's Willem Dafoe just voicing Gil, who's like the cool fish. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's great. He's so good. Mm-hmm. And now my second to last pick. It's it's so funny how we find a way of picking actors that are somehow related to other projects that these actors that you had just talked about are. <laughs> so my second to last pick, I'm going to go with J.K. Simmons. I'm going to pick oh, J.K. Simmons. And I'll talk about J.K. Simmons. I will talk about the performance last. I'll build up to it. So J.K. Mm-hmm. Simmons is literally a guy that has been in everything. Literally everything. Yeah. He could be in yeah. a movie for five seconds, and then he could be the lead of a movie. The guy has done literally everything. And the fact that, I mean, if I go through his filmography, he's been on, like, in, like, every kind of movie. He's been in probably, like, every TV show known to man. I mean, I'm just going to quickly go down a list of all the stuff that he's done. Real quick, real quick. I just want to I just want to say my first exposure with them, it's probably, like, not what you think of when you think of Defoe, is... The first real HBO series they did, because I constantly bring up HBO, because sorry, they make the greatest TV shows ever. They do. Oz. Mm-hmm. And he was literally a white supremacist. Yeah. N- Nazi fucking prisoner. And you're seeing mm-hmm. him, like, sodomize people and murder people. And he's just the most fucking evil guy on that show. Yeah. And there's that energy he can carry sometimes when he needs it, when, of course, we talk about the role. But... You know, that's just not what I think of when I think of J.K. Simmons, but also just severely underrated. For a guy who has an Oscar, severely underrated as a talent. I agree. I agree. My dad loves that show. My dad loves that show, Oz. He, he's he been recommending that show to me for, like, forever. It's fantastic. Um, mm. So, like, Oz and Law and & Order, E.R., Everwood, The Closer. He's been on The Simpsons. He was on an episode of Kim Possible, Phineas and Ferb. 
American Dad, all huh. these cartoons. Um, let's see, what else was he in? Legend of Korra. He played the pivotal character in that show. Yeah, he's, uh, he he's was... Tenzin. Yeah, he's, he's mm-hmm. that. He was on Parks and Rec. He was on BoJack Horseman. Fine. He was on Gravity Great. Falls. He had an appearance in SpongeBob. He, Veronica Mars. He's on Invincible right now, which is a fucking sick show. That show is great. He's uh, amazing can... in it. Him and Steven Young are unreal. Should have got an Emmy uh, nomination for the first season for that voice performance. Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I hope that Steven Young and J.K. Simmons work together in real life, like in a movie together. That would be incredible. <laughs> yes. That that would be incredible. But then you look at the films that he's done, and he's had big roles, small roles, whatever. He could do a major blockbuster or he could do a super, super, super small indie film. That just comes to show the range that J.K. Simmons has. Of course, the Spider-Man films is J. Joe and Jameson. Incredible performance. Such a great character. Uh, Thank You for Smoking. Juno. Burn After Reading. I love you, man. Oh, Burn After Reading. He's great in Burn After Reading. Uh, Jennifer's Body. Up in the Air. Uh, Megamind. Mm -hmm. True Grit. Young Adult. He's worked Mm -hmm. with Jason Reitman so many times. Contraband. Um... And then, of course, you got other films like uh, he's done a lot of anime films. Kung Fu Panda 3, he was the villain in. He was the mayor in Zootopia. Uh, he had a great cameo in La La Land. He was in Patriot's Day. He was in mm-hmm. The Accountant. Uh, he was he played James Gordon, which, I you know what? That was a great casting on paper. It's unfortunate that he wasn't given good material to work with when he played Jim Gordon because – following gary oldman's cast yeah. and i'm like you know jk simmons is a really good choice to play um jim gordon so hopefully you know things change palm springs he's amazing in palm springs oh, so good listen i never knew that my favorite film of that year would be that movie where him and jk him and andy sandberg are doing drugs in a bathtub it's just oh my god so good um what else was he? uh being the ricardo sucked that movie is terrible. I don't understand why he got yeah. nominated for that. I mean, he was probably one of the I better agree. elements of that movie, but, like, fuck. Um, yeah. And then uh, he was in Chippendale Rescue Rangers. The guy has done everything. Everything. But then, of course, mm-hmm. you could not talk about J.K. Simmons without talking about the best acting of his entire career and one of the best performances of literally the last 10 years. His performance as Terrence Fletcher and Whiplash is one of the great performances of the 21st century. I remember watching Whiplash and obviously having known J.K. Simmons for his small appearances in other movies and, of course, him as J. Joe and Jameson. I was just seeing this side of him that made me genuinely terrified of him. And it was a performance that there was so much to it. There were so many layers added to it, but... Every time you thought that this guy was a genuinely good guy, it just immediately changed with him screaming and throwing these insults and just tossing chairs and slapping people in the face and doing all these really horrifically awful things. But it was such a captivating performance to where seeing J.K. Simmons be given the opportunity to showcase a performance like this, a performance that got him a fucking Oscar is insane Mm -hmm. it's incredible and i would love to see him get more oscar caliber worked to work with it's nice that he got an oscar nomination again a few years down the road it's just unfortunate that it was for being the ricardos of all movies 
Um, but yeah, J.K. Simmons is so wonderful, and his work at Whiplash is just really it's it's god tier. It's like S tier level mm-hmm. of work. It's insane. But yeah, J.K. Simmons would be. It was he was close to being my number one pick of this list, but. It was just a Ooh. character actor that I just find myself a little more attached to, to J.K. Simmons, but I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan, and I assume that you're also a huge fan of J.K. Simmons. Yeah, like I mean, I think you know, going through his like filmography, it's incredibly. And I said the word underrated already, but like especially his skill as a comedic talent. Like burn after reading that whole ending of that movie when they're just like breaking down what happened. And the way he just he's got some of the best line deliveries. And then like you mentioned, like Whiplash, of course, which is so endlessly quotable. Uh, and just it's incredibly ferocious, um, an aggressive performance. And it's just this deeply misunderstood professor who just goes about his the way in his uh methodology of how he teaches, just in the most absolutely like horrendous way. But then he finds like a, a pupil that by the end of it, they're more forever and bonded by this sick sense of uh, their artistic devotion. Um, so I, I love J.K. Simmons. And then like, I think also, you know, cool character actors, he's like, you, you listed how much animation he just voices, especially for like shit that like is like a cartoon kid show. Like he will do like four seasons of like The Legend of Korra and like all this shit. And he's great in it too. Um, so yeah, and also he's literally gonna play Santa Claus in the Amazon Santa movie, which is gonna be fucking mm-hmm. awful. But like, yeah, he's also he's like incredibly yolked for like a dude's age. But he like, also already played him. But he, he also there. already played Santa Claus and Klaus. Yeah. So he's just he's he's got a thing for Santa. He's like I'm 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 him. I'm literally him. <laughs> it's he's great. He really is fantastic. And really, I. I feel like unanimously, everyone, like all awards pundits and just regular film fans, I feel like everyone is unanimous on agreeing that his win for Whiplash is one of the best wins of the last 10 years for an actor. Yeah. Like, no one no one had any complaints good. about that win. Nobody complained about that win. No. And no. I mean, how could you? It's like, a, it's literally an incredible performance. But now the ones that we deem our favorite character actors are so we believe the person that I put is my number one. He is my favorite character actor. I'm so <sighs> curious to hear what your final pick is going to be. And if you de- consider this person, your favorite character actor. So what is your last pick for this list? Uh, 100% this dude is my favorite quote unquote, like character actor. I think especially like this, this guy is just someone that, I am always excited for whatever he works on. 100% he's in like my top five favorite like working people in the industry. And that is John fucking Bernthal. I adore John Bernthal sincerely with deeply with a passion. Um, I think, you know, if we're not even talking about like, let's like forget the film stuff. I think he just has this incredibly down to earth persona that feels very relatable. Like he's a real guy. And it feels like people that I feel, I don't know the term close to, but like, I feel like I like experience in life that I've met in life, you know, that like, 
that is incredibly like grounded approach to life and they don't take much for granted it's the common man's i think that's what i've always like called bernthal he's the working man's actor he has worked with so many people in his career whether like you're talking about scorsese if you're talking about uh um michael mann is sadly not the person that he has worked with because i just you know i actually want a tangent and talk about that because he was doing a reading for a michael mann movie and michael mann said like he's not really a good actor and that if he put him to like next to bobby de niro he would say the same thing and i was like he's like yeah that shit hurt i don't know why he did that which is also wild because he he did do a movie with robert de niro uh he did grudge match which was like that boxing comedy and they're like father and son in it and they're great together so i don't know why um man did that rare michael man l because i fucking love that dude and i also listened to the the man film fragments podcast before this obviously um but like this is just a guy that he will come in for one scene in something like wind river and just absolutely be like a scene stealer he's just you can't teach presence his presence is a word that i've constantly like emphasized one scene he is in baby driver he's in the opening uh yeah and you you totally just like this dude fucking rips like he's an asshole but he rips i think he's got that great talent of playing an asshole another one scene heater you can talk about sicario you know comes yeah. in charming and he's really a murderous fucker um I've mentioned Wolf of Wall Street because, like, he's, he's, of course, worked with Scorsese, which is a flex. You know, he's worked with Pol- – I forgot he was in The Ghost Rider, which Polanski directed. Um, actually, solid movie. You know, fuck Roman Polanski, but, like, actually a solid-ish thriller with him and Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. as an author. Um, I think he's underrated how funny he is. Um, if He's worked with David Simon on television, like, Show Me a Hero with him and Oscar Isaac, who's my favorite actor, and – they're both fantastic or david simon i recently was tweeting about this show uh we own the city which is a brilliant um companion piece i would say and i think it's not an official companion piece but i think it works so great with david simon's the wire and i think bernthal is just out of his fucking mind he's got the baltimore accent he's like wait frank and jenkins man you know what you turning shit up here like he's just so cool i mean you want something of him like me or on the dying dying girl you want him and uh, I've, I've watched this shitty show on Spike called Mob City, which I know I'm going to talk about again in the future of some time in my life. And it's a, a Frank Darabont show that was like post Walking Dead. And it's like L.A. Noir type shit. And he's just cool in it. Like he's got that look. He's got a very battered, worn, grounded look where I think he's also been entirely misused by Hollywood. I think that bernthal has this intensity he's got this anger like he can fucking yell and shout and he's a big dude and he's he he like you watch walking dead you watch shane he's like i'd fight for her rick like you know he's he's got that like roughness to him but i think hollywood takes it for granted and i think they just always sometimes put him in as this brute when he actually can be in a very sensitive an emotionally moving actor um you know i think of something like king richard where i thought like that was one of the few moments where he's not just playing this dude he's got the fucking wisconsin accent and he's like you know richard you're not you know he's like genuinely a caring dude who cares about these girls talents and it was nice seeing him change up that typical like punisher-esque like persona that i think 
kind of popularized him post Walking Dead, where it's like, oh, he's the Punisher. And like, don't get me wrong, if I hate Marvel shit, but if they, they bring it back as Punisher in this Daredevil show, like I'm gonna watch it. Like I think Bernthal is phenomenal, and I I just think he's just got such layers that he isn't always allowed to show, and he always does a lot of action shit, which he excels at. But you know, like another movie where he's sweet. Um, and I'm not huge on the film. Uh, last year he did or- uh, Ava DuVernay's Origin, and he's incredibly charming and he's wearing glasses and he's this sweet uh our salute our woke king and he's got like great chemistry with Anjanu ellis and he's a very understanding very empathetic character and you know that is just more of like what i want to see although like i can appreciate him in something like ford v ferrari where he just comes in to like get the plot moving and he's setting up trying to get like matt damon you know involved in the shit but like every time it's just like oh he looks cool like he's just that guy he's got tough guy energy but gentle giant in heart and i think you know that ultimately leads me to saying which is you know a guy who's become more and more of a, a movie star recently or not even a movie star he's just in more shit um the bear i like i am utterly obsessed with the bear and if you've seen season one um i'm gonna talk about season two of course but i think season one you know a a big theme throughout that show is spoiler for the bear if you've not seen the bear i don't know have you not missed out on one of the best shows made of the past decade um the whole plot of the show is jeremy allen white comes to take over a kitchen his brother's sandwich shop because he kills himself and there's a flashback sequence of one episode where um it's revealed first off that Bernthal is the brother which if you didn't like know anything about that show ahead of time just seeing that was just like holy shit my guy Bernthal and he's just got a way with words and he's so charming and him and Eben Boss Baccarat who are having their Punisher reunion you know they're just spitting the story of how they're just pissed drunk and they end up running into Bill Murray while they're cooking and it's like this bonding moment between him and Carmi and I, we've mentioned this. I mentioned this work is this important thing. Whether you're a movie star or a character actor, you have presence. And through that one like five minute scene, you get the impact of why Michael was such an important figure in all these characters in Carmi's life, and Shug's life, and cousin Richie's life. Like every time they mention him, whether in different episodes or anytime, like in season two when they see like a hat or something left over by Michael you feel that weight of it because you're like Bernthal's such a great performer that you're like oh fuck michael like and when, like when sid in the end of season two is just like they're all waiting for her, like let it rip like she says michael's quote it's just like this rips and then of course you have that christmas episode of season two where he's going blow for blow against bob odenkirk and he's yelling and he's volatile and everything but then you counterbalance that and you have scenes where like him and eben are just ribbing against carmy and they're poking they're like oh, we saw, uh, what, I forget, Claire, and they're just ribbing on him, so you should ask her out, she was looking good, you know, they're just fucking with him, and then you have, like, another scene where it's this beautifully quiet moment he has with Jeremy Allen White, and they're in, like, the food pantry closet, or the closet, or whatever, and, like, you can see, like, Michael's just inner demons are just struggling to, like, be kept in check, and he's this incredibly depressed individual who's, like, very much on his, like, down path to, like, where he commits suicide i think all that is just communicated so brilliantly through emotions through the way he breathes through the way he just inhabits a scene and i 
Bernthal is just someone that I love to see him work on anything. It doesn't matter where it's like the smallest movie ever. It could be like a, a C-budget action movie. I do not care. I will watch it, and he's the fucking guy. Yeah, I mean, he he's great, and I love seeing him anytime he pops up on screen. There was a period where I'm just like, oh, he's just playing the like cocky, arrogant guy, and but he also mm-hmm. finds a way of playing these tender characters. I mean, really, his work in Origin really caught me off guard. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, he is like the sweetest man in the entire world. I just want to sit with him and hug him and have a beer with him and just talk to him about random stuff. It's really incredible the range that he has as a performer um i hope that soon in the film world he gets a role that really is well earned for him because he's had a lot of leading roles on television but he hasn't really been given a lot of opportunities in the film world to lead films he's been in the plenty Mm -hmm. uh, he's been in a lot of big films i mean sicario you brought up fury he was in that and he was a scumbag in that movie Mm -hmm. um with wall street Mm -hmm. of course uh, the accounting, which I, I actually really like the account, and there's reports going around that they're doing a sequel to that. I don't know if John Berthold's yeah. coming back for that, but if he is, great. Bring him back. Sign me up. Yeah. Sign sign me up. Uh, Widows, he was great in his small time in that. Uh, mm-hmm. he had a very small role in the Peanut Butter Falcon, and that was a really lovely performance mm-hmm. from him. Uh, Forfi Ferrari. I did not enjoy the Many Saints in Newark, but I thought he was uh, his he presence was, one of the was great. Aspects. He was absolutely, absolutely mm-hmm. uh, King Richard and um, all the types of the bear. I mean, it's incredible. And him as the Punisher, like Daredevil season two, I think is a perfect showcase for him as an actor because we're introduced yeah. to Punisher then and everything with Punisher in season two of Daredevil, I thought was really fantastic. And so that whole trial thing, and you know, there's that clip that always falls around. That <laughs> I liked it. I, liked I loved it. it. I loved it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's oh, yeah, he's like, I so, loved it. It's so, so good. good. It's so so good. Even out of context, it's like very terrifying. But yeah, John mm-hmm. Berthold, that's a wonderful pick. I love John Berthold. Anytime he's on screen, always a delightful presence. And my favorite character actor, and I wasn't even sure if I wanted to consider this person as a character actor but again when i looked at all these lists he kept coming up and everything this guy similar to jk simmons literally does everything big role small role huge blockbuster small independent drama he's done comedies and thrillers and action movies and horror movies period pieces future movies worked with some of the best filmmakers of all time worked with some terrible filmmakers as well my favorite character actor of all time and i feel like this won't be a surprise to geo when i say the name it's paul giamatti oh that's wow okay yeah that makes sense yeah i didn't you know that's that's a very great point like i just didn't even process that like (laughs) thinking of him as a character actor but he is 100 a character actor like he's never like the leading guy until like every now and then just like yeah. this past yeah. year yeah so, it's like yeah. every it's like every couple of years he's given the opportunity to be the lead of a movie so paul giamatti i mean we did a whole film fragments episode on him so i, I there's nothing that it, what i say now is nothing compared to what i said on that episode where i just went off about how he is one of the great actors working today 
anytime he's on screen, I always get excited to see him on screen. And really, I owe it to Big Fat Liar. I grew up watching Big Fat Liar religiously when I was a kid. That was played in my house all the time when I was younger. And that film just celebrated its 22 anniversary a few days ago at the time of this Jesus recording. Christ. And it's just like, God, like this guy. I mean, the fact that he could be in a film like that and then do the awards caliber stuff that he's done, like Sideways, Cinderella Man, 12 Years a Slave, and of course now The Holdovers, which he's currently up for an Oscar nomination for. Um, Anytime he's on screen, it's always a delightful presence. He could play the sweetest, kindest man, but then he could also play the most unhinged guy ever. Whenever Paul Giamatti screams, I don't know why I laugh every single time. It's probably because I think of Marty Wolf right away because he screams so much a Big Fat Liar. But, like, anytime he's on screen, always a great addition. And he's a guy that has, like I said, done everything. He's worked with so many wonderful filmmakers on so many different kinds of films. His breakout role was in Private Parts, which was the film about uh, Howard Stern. And then he had supporting roles in Save a Private Ryan. Man on the Moon, and then he got some great lean roles in American Splendor, and then Win Win, Private Life, which is so fucking incredible. I just watched that for the first time a few months ago, and I immediately fell in love with it. Him and Catherine Hahn are chef's kiss together. They're so perfect together. And then you have, of course, like The Illusionist, Eyes of March, 12 Years a Slave, Save Mr. Banks, Love and Mercy, Straight Out of Compton, Cinderella Man, which he got an Oscar nomination for. But mm-hmm. then you get into the array of leading roles that he has done. Like I said, American Splendor and Private Life are great. Win Win, which was directed by Tom McCarthy, who directed Spotlight, that's a solid film as well. But what made me have a lot of respect for Paul Giamatti was when he works with Alexander Payne. Sideways is one of my all-time favorite films. I've talked about it so many times on this podcast. I mean, that film is so near and dear to me. It's a really beautiful film, and it's still sickening that he didn't get nominated for that movie, considering that two of his co-stars got nominated. The film got a few um, upper-tier nominations, one screenplay and it got picture and director nominations. And now he's up finally for his first best actor nomination for the holdovers, which mm-hmm. I know that if you like the holdovers or if you don't like the holdovers, regardless, you're wrong and everything. But um his performance in the holdovers is so wonderful. He is so hilarious in the movie. He is so fucking unlikable. But there's also a sadness in that character that is beautifully executed by Giamatti that even though you don't necessarily agree with a lot of the things that he's saying or doing, you feel sympathy for him as the movie progresses and you start to see his true colors and everything. The character of Paul Hunnam is so beautifully written. I I love the holdovers so much. I know that there are people in our circle that aren't as as high on the holdovers as other people are and I totally understand their reasonings but it's really incredible to to be in this period of Paul Giamatti's career where he's back doing a leading role he got an Oscar nomination for it 
And, you know, we're only a few weeks away to the Oscars. And I'm not saying that he's going to win because I have no idea what's going to happen. He can, though. Like, he but, he actually can. Like, he has a very he, good shot of winning this year. He like, has a he has a very good shot of winning. And it would be, in my opinion, mm-hmm. a very deserving win, not only because the performance to me is great, but he's an actor that's very overdue for a win. Like, he's a genuinely great actor. Everybody loves seeing him on screen whenever he comes in on anything. And then same with TV, too. I mean, you look at what he did with John Adams. He won all the awards everywhere for that show. And then he made appearances on, like, Downton Abbey, which he got a nomination for. And he recently just wrapped his six, seven-year run on Billions, which I admittedly never even watched. But six, seven seasons, that's that's a good run for a show, so... You know, it must have clearly had a lot of fans and everything. And he's also done a lot of theater as well. I, mm-hmm. I, I just love the guy. There's just something about him that every time he's on screen, he always just knocks out of the park. But also, I he could do, like, a critically acclaimed movie, but then he could do something so stupid. He's so bad in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, but he understands the assignment as yeah. Rhino. He really yeah. genuinely understands the assignment. Um. Planet of the Apes, the remake from uh, Tim Byrne, not very good at all. But again, he understands the assignment. He's done some anime films. He even played Santa Claus 2 in Fred Claus. Fred Claus, that movie sucks, but he is great as Santa Claus. Um, and then you have like The Hanover 2. You have Rock of Ages. You got um, St. Andreas, which I, I have a soft spot for that movie. That's a major guilty pleasure of mine. There's like a sequence where the Hoover Dam is exploding or whatever, and then he just screams, "Everybody run!" He just screamed from the top of his lungs, and it's just so great to see yeah. him. Yeah, uh, and and Jungle Cruise too, where he just screams from the top of his lungs about the rocks character and everything. He's like, "Come back here, Frank!" He's just screaming from. <laughs> it's so good. I love him so much, and the fact that he could win an Oscar in a few weeks is just so exciting for someone like me who's been a fan of him for over 20 years. Like, I've been a fan of him my whole life, and it's all because of a movie where he gets dyed blue. Like, I I, I owe it to that one single Mm -hmm. movie. And the fact that an actor like him, who's done these Oscar-caliber types of films, could also do a movie like that, that just shows how much he loves acting and how he's just willing to really do any work. And he's also a guy that I'm sure he does some movies for a paycheck, but it never comes off that way. It always feels like he is proud to be a part of whatever project that he's in because there are interviews that he does and he talks about these movies and TV shows and you could tell he seems really happy that he did it, even if it wasn't the best thing in the world. He got to work with people that he clearly loved working alongside with. And he also Mm -hmm. seems like a very genuine, humble dude. And listen, one of the best moments of the year so far, we're only a month into the year, but I'm sorry, him going to In and Out after winning the Golden Globe is like amazing. That's like mm-hmm. an iconic moment. And hopefully, if he wins an Oscar, mm-hmm. he goes to I don't know Jack in the Box. I don't know, like he could go anywhere. <laughs> Switches it up, um, gets him some variety. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. But yeah, I love Paul Giamatti. He's my favorite character actor of all time. He's one of my favorite actors working today. And anytime he's on screen, always knocks it out of the park. He could be in the shittiest movie and still be great and then he could be in the best movies and also be great so i'm a big fan i'm a huge huge fan of him i love him so much and i'm really glad that we're at this point in his career where he's getting a lot of nominations and everything so talk Mm -hmm. about your thoughts on him 
I, I, I mean, I, for me, the thing that was the first introduction to Giamatti for me was John Adams. My dad fucking dug that show. Like, dug that show. Again, we're back to HBO miniseries and television series, but, um, I remember that theme song for that show and him and Laura Liddy in that show together were fantastic. And, um, he's just like, I'm, so at least he has some type of hardware, which I'm happy for. And then, you know, big fat liars, just, it's just a classic. Like people of our age, you know, we grew up with that movie. So, and then just seeing him evolve, I like you, you hear Giamatti's voice. He just has one of those voices, like that yell that you mentioned, it's gotta be like maybe top three, like actor yeller like on on screen like best on screen yeller like he's got to be in the hall of fame for that like locked in first ballot um i i just really enjoy giamatti i think he's an incredibly fun actor that knows he's very keen to what he works on like you mentioned in spider-man like it's clearly a movie's a piece of shit so he's like i'm gonna ham it up i'm just gonna be yelling to the top of my lungs while i'm in a stupid uh robot suit compared to moments like the holdovers which is recent and uh, he knows when is the moment he has to like bring it back to earth um he's an actor of great balance and i think someone who is keenly aware of when to play it up and when to play it down and is constantly dialed into that is always someone who's going to be working and be memorable to all of us yeah i it's just incredible stuff that he does and, you know, before we close out this episode, I would just love to give some honorable mentions to some people that didn't make our five list. I like how we we pit. We didn't have any overlaps. We didn't have any actors in common. Yeah, I tried not to. Yeah, yeah it was hard. I was I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I feel like yes. there might be one. But, you know, it's good that we all we picked a whole bunch of different actors. So what are some character actors that you want to give a shout out to that didn't crack your Ooh. five list? I'm just gonna say names real quick because I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson. Yep, that's a big just one. Just a great character actor. Talk about gentle soul. Uh, anytime he's in, you're like he's the sweetest man. Whether it's I loved him in Dune, like Dune so much. Like when I like when you see Paul run up to him, it's very like aw. Like he's got very like affectionate uh, chemistry with Chalamet for like the two scenes he has mm-hmm. with them. And he's gonna be in the new one more hopefully um i'm not trying to reveal much i've read the book sorry um i mean him and ladybird is so good or fences you know um another actor i'm thinking of is someone like john c Riley, who maybe he's a big main dude in comedy or anything or this dude that can do the lakers biopic show winning time and then he can also do something like chicago or he could do something like um I don't was it chicago oh hopefully i got the right musical i i'm sorry you you're right Um, chicago uh, chicago yeah I just got so much going on. And then, like, you know, he could be like, oh, yeah, I'm in The Aviator. I'm, like, working with Scorsese. Or, like, I'm in uh, Boogie Nights, you know? Like, he just... And then he's in, like, he Step Brothers. Like, yeah, and then it's like, okay, I'm just going to do a straight comedy, like, Step Brothers, and I'm just going to ace it out of the fucking park. Um, Steven Root and John Turturro. I'm just going to name both of them. You know, those are two actors I, that come to mind. I Turturro love, especially. I lo- Turturro I not making my list hurts. Yeah, those are both great mm-hmm. picks. Yeah, Stephen Root, Stephen Root, and Barry especially like oh so great, so good. Yeah, Totoro also just having like I wouldn't say career resurgence, but he's been busy like like whether he's in the Batman or it's brilliant at Severance. Mm-hmm. He just did an episode of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. He's great in. Um, 
And then probably the last name I want to say, someone younger who I'm surprised didn't make either of our lists. And I felt like I just wanted to acknowledge names that don't really get said. But Jesse Plemons is like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse Plemons is that guy. This is a dude who for like the past, like he's been in six consecutive years where he started a Best Picture nominee. Like he's probably the closest I'm going to like, we'll probably get to a, a Philip Seymour Hoffman-esque caliber actor. Yeah. I, I genuinely think so. I think the the way he picks his roles and projects are like so intriguing. I'm excited to see what he will be like in a Yorgos Lanthimos film this year, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of kindness. Uh, he's a, he, talk about chameleon actor. He could be fucking freak and Breaking Bad as like Todd, or even in that one episode of Black Mirror he did. He can do something incredibly sweet, like his line reading and uh, the power of the dog where he's just tearing up to Kirsten Dunst, who's his real-life partner, is just incredible. Like, he he can do everything. He can do everything. Mm-hmm. Every time he does a Scorsese film, I love it. Like, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Jesse Plemons would be on my honorable mentions as well. I mean, just quickly going through his catalog. I mean, I love how he got a start on Friday Night Lights. That's a kick-ass show. That's a fantastic yeah. series. And then, of course, he did Breaking Bad right after that, and just such a drastic shift from Friday Night Lights. Blew up. Sweetest guy in Friday Night yeah. Lights. Biggest scumbag in Breaking Bad. And then just working yeah. in films like The Master, Bridge of Spies, The Post, Game mm. Night. He's amazing mm. in Game Night. Amazing it. How could that be profitable for Frito-Lay? Okay? Uh, Three for one? Uh, like incre- Incredible. Uh, Irishman, I'm thinking of ending so things. Jews and the Black Messiah, oh. The Power of the Dog, oh. Killers of the Flower Moon, and then he's going to be in <sighs> Kinds of Kindness, like you said. He's going to be in Civil War, and then all the work he's done on television with Fargo, Black Mirror, Love and Death. Great. He's doing a yep. he's doing a series with Not, Robert yeah. De Niro. Like Ooh. the guys, the guys done it all. He's working. Amazing. He's working. He really is. Yeah. He really is. Um, in terms of other ones for me. Um, I'm gonna say John Ortiz. Really enjoy seeing him and stuff. Oh, um, so happy he got a SAG ensemble nom for American for American Fiction. Fiction. Like he's part yeah, because he's so good. He's so good. He's incredibly yeah. underrated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fred Melmond, who's also on Barry, which is crazy. Oh, um, <laughs> so good. Um, I I love him on that. I loved him in The Single Man, and I also really. Th- I think his work in New Girl is very underrated. Nobody ever talks about him on New Girl. Mm-hmm. He's so funny anytime he comes on that. Um, I'm going to also include uh, John Carroll Lynch. Oh, Zodiac. Like, come on. Zodiac. That's just Zod- fucking... Zodiac. Or, or him in um, um, the Ryan Gosling uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, Crazy, Crazy Stupid, Stupid Love. Love. Yeah. That, yeah. So good. Come on. So good in that. Um... Judy Greer, I like Judy Greer. I wish that she got a lot more work to do. Anytime she's on screen, I enjoy her yeah. presence. Um, Great voice Walton, actress too. Yeah, absolutely. Walton Goggins is my fucking guy. I love Walton Goggins. He is so cool. Every time he takes a photo with Timothy Oliphant, it just makes my day because like big justified guy. And I'm excited to see him in the Fallout show. He all caked up in makeup as a dead man. Uh, I loved him in The Hateful Eight. Yeah. Anytime he's in a movie, and just like it's that's like one of those roles. Like I mentioned, Shea Wiggum, Eli. If my dad mm-hmm. sees him in something, he's mm-hmm. like, "Ooh, Boyd Crowder, Boyd Crowder," and I'm like, "Yeah." 
And also, um, major shout out to a very underrated show, Vice Principals, with Dan McBride. He's so funny on that show. Oh, so, so funny. Or on even that show. Um, the other, the other um, uh, Jody Hill show, Righteous uh, Gemstones. Like, yeah, get, baby Billy, get on, get, get out, nerd, scram. Like, he's so good. Like, Misbehaving, all time song, TV show song. Yeah, absolutely. And then. I'm trying to. There's like one more, and it's on the tip of my tongue, and I don't know who it is, and it's blanking. Oh my god, another. Oh god, I I need to figure this out before we close out. Let's see, character actors. I just lost the name. <laughs> we went through um, a lot of names though, so we really like, we really we, did. We're doing pretty good. We really did. Um, <laughs> Stephen uh, Tobolowski. If you look him oh. up, you've seen him in things. Memento, Freaky Friday. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Shannon, of course. Um, he's a good character yeah. actor. Steve Buscemi. I mean, that's like all the people I, who are on Boardwalk Empire. By the way, I, like we named I like know. five people who are on Boardwalk Empire. I know, literally. And then, of course, shout out to Margot Martindale, character actor Margot Martindale. If you, and if yeah. anyone listening has seen BoJack Horseman, you'll understand that joke. Ah, uh, Clancy mm-hmm. Brown, Mr. Krabs. Oh, the, the what, talk about a voice. Like yeah, oh, he's just got a voice like on him. He, it's just smooth. It's like butter. He really does. And then I guess the last one I want to mention, and we talked about this a little briefly off air, but Anne Dowd. I really think yeah. that Anne Dowd is a commanding presence anytime she's on screen. And I'll just say this very briefly: she should have been Oscar nominated for Mass. That's that's my. <laughs> phenomenal that's my, that movie. that's my that's my last piece on that but yeah character actors it was a really fun discussion to go through a whole bunch of these character actors and everything um there's so many that we didn't mention but there's just so many to talk about like we can't mention every single mm-hmm. one of course we're accidentally going to leave a couple off but i'm really glad that we got to do this discussion i loved talking about these actors and their very fantastic array of work and I really appreciate you coming on. So, Gio, thank you so much for coming on today to talk to me about character actors. No problem. I've had a delightful time. Like, it's just, you know, we got to shout out these people, okay? We need them to keep popping up. We do. We really do. And I would love for you to tell the listeners where they can find you online. Where could they find your work? Uh, You could find me uh with Friday Reviews. I'm currently cooking up one for one of the worst movies i've seen uh i don't know if i talk about it uh so just look out literally this week uh next best picture uh you can find me on twitter at the giovanni lago where i'm constantly giving thoughts about film and television i currently am failing trying to watch one older classic film a day i'm like updating this thread constantly um but that's been fun journey so far uh this year and you can find me on letterbox at geo 52 I will put links for that in the description below. And you guys can follow me on all socials at Brian Sefield. You guys can subscribe to this podcast on any podcast platform. We have a Twitter and Instagram so you guys can stay up to date with what's going on in Film Fragments. Let us know your favorite character actors. I'd be very curious to hear your guys' list. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you guys for the very next episode of Film Fragments. Take care, everybody. <laughs>